Recording in progress. Welcome to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese and back with me once again is Matthew Page. And sitting in for the soul man, Brian Solek, is actually one Ram, the Richard A. Michelson of your Ingram High School Rams. How's it going, guys? That was probably the most polite intro I've ever gotten. Thank that's, you. That's true. It was very polite. You must be uh, either on or off. I'm not sure which. <laughs> we were talking just before the show, instead of prepping for this, we uh-huh. were talking about automobiles and uh, the electric versions and their future. And I got excited for it. And I just forgot that there are two Huskies, just wonderful, loving human beings. And then just a vile, despicable, heinous representative from Oregon, the duck himself, Matthew Page. Is snuck in, in the middle of your, uh, of your group. Yeah. Yeah. And you're missed. You're outnumbered this time. You don't have Solak to back you up on your Husky bashing. Um, that's true. That's okay. (laughs) I don't need him. Uh, I can do, I can do plenty fine on my own. Uh, for everybody out there, for everybody out there, we're the Seattle sports union podcast. We like to talk everything local. Um, next week, I just want to throw this out there. We're actually going to have a podcast with our friends from across the pond in Swansea. Um, hopefully rich, we can get you for that show. Um, it's going to be a special SSU podcast where we talk about all things soccer or football or, uh, well, they still call it soccer in Wales, don't they? I don't know what they do in Wales. Well, e- even Jonah. Not, even I, thought, I thought in England it was still called soccer. No, uh, England, you know. it's football. They get all snooty if you call it soccer, even though they're the ones that came up with the, they're the one. Yeah, I was they came say, up like, with the word for it. Australia. Australia, they still call it soccer. Okay. That's um, where I've heard some some people from you know England or English people referring to it as soccer and, and like talking down about the continent and how they call it football. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say uh, other than shut up. Everybody knows what you're talking about when you say <laughs> soccer. <laughs> it's not that difficult. Um, right now, what I want to do is uh, just since we have our soccer expert on here in one Richard A. Michelson, uh, Matt and I would like to ask some questions about the round ball. With okay. The black checkers it's, it's and the white. They, Sometimes it's, there's it's checkered. not it's not usually black and white anymore. It's not not always it's not all I, sorts of colors. I know not for the last thirty years. But. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not when they figured out that they could sell more if they made them cool looking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something. Well, and just better materials. It's yeah, the better just, materials. Yeah. Can I just say, you know, screw the Oregon Ducks and Nike for doing this crap to our sports, like for making them better? No. For, yeah, for, yeah. for for trying to make a buck off of a slight variation that isn't that interesting or relevant. Well, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually bring this back. I'm, I'm gonna better? I'm gonna side with the duck and oh and, no, uh, Phil Knight and Nike, and I'm gonna say you're wrong. Sit there in your wrongness and stew because <laughs> technology is what Nike is all about, and they're they're ill their competitors. Sports equipment have made a giant leap forward in the last 35 years, um, being better, safer, stronger, longer lasting, 
Um, all, all the bowls for all the sports are better. The gloves are better for baseball. The bats are better. Uh, the uniforms our kids wear are better. Everything about it is better, uh, except Abe is whining about someone coming up with a solution to a problem and making money off of it. Okay, like, well, you know, hang on. We're going to get to soccer in a moment. Since you're going to argue with me about this, Matthew, one Matthew Page was texting uh -oh. me the other day about baseball players who've been whining about people changing the way the baseball is made. So maybe not fixing everything does all the great good that you think um, it does. That's not a Nike problem. That's a major league baseball. No, it's somebody trying to sell a new type of baseball to major well, league no, baseball. No, it's not necessarily trying to trying to no. In this in the baseball situation, it's them messing with the ball to try to fix the aerodynamics and get more home runs or less home runs or whatever, and they can't make up their mind and stick with one. That's the conspiracy game. theory, but what it really is is there's a company trying to make a new baseball for major league baseball. It's all and rolling. They're designing it differently. Owns. MLB owns like yeah, 20% but when you of the company. But when you design it differently, you can now sell it at a higher price. Yeah, but it's not it's not necessarily it, they're trying to speed up the game and they're trying to get make more home runs and make it more exciting and every every year they try to change it a little bit to try to get huh? meet that goal and that's the problem is the players have to adjust to a new ball. And it's not you know, I mean when you reach that level of sport, you you're working with muscle memory and you you're, you're going from from just from the field, the ball, you're used to a certain kind of ball. And it, when they change it on you, it can mess with everything. I mean, oh, okay. So then you agree with me messing around with something that works. Isn't a great idea in the, in, in certain situations. Yes. I mean, this happened in the South, uh, South Africa, uh, world cup. They fiddled around with the soccer ball and everybody hated it. Nobody could understand the, aerodynamics of how that ball worked. And it, they said the, the equivalency for, for non soccer fans would be uh, every time you kick the ball really, really hard, it was like a knuckleball. It wouldn't spin. Uh, yeah. I, it with ba with the baseball though. I mean, it, it's, it's an attempt. It, it, the problem, the, the main problem with it is that they didn't just change it. And then that's it. They change it like constantly. You don't know. And you never do know what what game you're what ball you're going to get when you go to the game. As a pitcher, as a hitter, they just they're constantly tweaking it, which sucks. Because like they're talking about uh, the the uh, the all the home run derby that comes up this next week. Uh, they're going to juice the balls for that in Colorado. I'm cool with so, that. I hope home so. runs are going to be cool leaving the ballpark first of all, but they're completely different than the ball than the game than the balls that they're playing the games right now. It's a home so run derby. That's fine. Completely different. Which is dumb. But let me go back to Rich. Let me go back to you, Rich. You, you were arguing about like fiddling with stuff. And I, I understand what you're saying. Like if Rydell needs to make a new helmet for the NFL so that you stop concussions or reduce the opportunity for concussions, I'm cool with that. But when you're monkeying around with core components of these games, no. Oh, I, I agree. I actually agree with that. Um, I think improving the technology of the equipment that is used that is ancillary to the, the game, right? So better cleats, better baseball gloves, better bats, better batting helmets, et cetera. But the ball, the ball needs to be the same. The ball needs to be uniform, unless you have something newer that's better that you can work in. Like I think the NBA, um, 
who's the league whose name shall never be spoken here on a Seattle sports <laughs> podcast. Um, but I think they went to a new basketball a few years ago, 12, they, 12 years ago. They did. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they experimented though. They, they, they did a, a series of trial runs. They didn't just go in and the base, you know, the, the basketball season is the beta test. They, they ran it through the NBA D league. I think they ran it through um, a bunch of preseason games and tweaked it and, and got the product right. And then that, that was the new ball. That That's revisionist history. Actually, most of the stars hated it. They said it was too slippery and they demanded, they demanded it get changed. Management never did that, you know? The, right. Well, they did do the, t- they did do the testing though. But they com- yeah. But the players still complained and moaned. And, well, and the players are always going to complain and moan. Like yeah. that hasn't changed. I mean, Go back to the days of Casey Stengel and Ty Cobb. They're complaining and moaning about everything. There's a difference between evolving the equipment over time with new materials and and you know phasing new stuff in and constantly changing the fundamental equipment during the middle of a season regularly or during you know you know constantly you know. There's a difference between, yeah, okay, we're slowly, like with the football helmet, you know, they, they slowly improved it with better technology over the years. It got better. It gets better for concussions. It, you know, it, it got bigger. It got, you know, new, new materials or whatever. Maybe they, you know, and, and, and they changed the football. They're used to make them with actual pig skins and they don't anymore. And, you know, it, it, it's more consistent size now and a consistent, uh, you know, material and easier to handle and, and so, you know, there's a difference between evolution of equipment as you go, you know, over the course of the hundred years that the game is played or whatever, versus let's change the baseball four times in, in three years, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't think there's a black and white delineation. I think I, I agree with you. There is an evolution. And I, I think what baseball is doing is tinkering way too much. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's still an evolution. That's still an evolution in of itself. Um, it's, it's not a devolution. It's not a regression. Um, it's, it's a, again, I, a lot of it's motivated by money, by, by Rawlings, as you said. Um, but you know, it, 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 it no, it's, it, it's too much. Let's talk about soccer. Cause I'm getting angry. The two of okay. you just find this way every week to come on this show and poke. You just poke like, Pokers. All right, Abe. What, what, I want, what you, what's on your mind for soccer? I want to talk about what you're wearing right now from head to oh, toe, right. including probably your underwear and your, uh, you know, and your bed sheets. Uh, you're wearing Sounder Rave Green. That he, that he wears it in his race car bed. Absolutely, <laughs> I do. Hell yeah. <laughs> Even though for your Father's Day present, you got a New York Cosmos uh, a t-shirt and sweatshirt. Um Yes. I do notice you're wearing the sounder green. They are number one. They have just set a record for most, most games played undefeated in a row in MLS history. Um, I just want to ask it, does this record matter? I mean, like no one's going to go undefeated, right? I mean, is this just, I mean, I remember back, do you guys remember back 91? When you say that ni- 91, when the, or- let me, what's that? You know, you don't you don't talk da- talk about a streak breaking during the middle of the streak. I just went on the last thirty seconds talking about it, so I'm going to keep going. Do you guys remember? 
91-ish, when, I think it was 91, 90, when the Baltimore Orioles won 20 in a row. Did it make a dang bit of difference for the World Series? No. So should I get excited, Rich? And even you, Matt, you should, should I get excited about this? You should be extremely excited, but not because of the streak. Okay? You should be excited because the Sounders are playing great soccer. Period. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got, I got to tell you about this. Okay, the Sounders have had a rash of injuries. Now, this is something you always hear about ex- for excuses for why a team can't win, right? Oh, we've had tons of injuries. Our best players are hurt. We we don't have enough depth, blah, 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 blah. Okay? All our best players keep going to international play. Yeah. Whoops. Okay, so last night, the Sounders were missing the following players. Will Bruin, starting forward, right knee meniscus surgery out four to six weeks at a minimum. Jordy DeLem, defensive stalwart, key backup. Wait, right I thought he... ACL, what? Didn't... Jordy DeLem. We'll get to Jordan Morris in a sec. Jordy oh, no, DeLem. didn't DeLem go to Miami? No, De- uh, that's uh, Leardem. Leardem, sorry, sorry, that's Leardem. Leardem. Okay, yep, yeah. no. yeah, DeLem, okay. DeLem plays both center back and defensive mid. Okay. He's out with a right ACL tear. He's gone for the season. Stefan Fry, starting goalkeeper since 2014. Erstwhile captain, left knee sprain, blood clot, out minimum 12 weeks. Nico Ladero, last year's MLS best 11 player. That's like the equivalent of an all pro in the NFL. Right knee surgery, indefinite time frame to return. Probably out for most of the season. Jordan Morris. Out for the season, left ACL tear. Also a former best 11 player. New Hutolo, starting left center back, um, who was having a defensive player of the year type season. Lockdown defender, indispensable. Um, indefinite return, has a left adductor strain. That's the, the muscles on the top of your hip that let you kick a soccer ball. Shane O'Neill, who's the, the, the fourth center back, uh, but he's been starting because of all the inner in- injuries and people on international duty. Left hip flexor strain out indefinitely. Christian Roldan out for international duty. Okay. And what do the Sounders do? Two to nothing over the Houston Dynamo. And they put on a clinic and they kicked the crap out of the Dynamo. They were by far the better team last night. Okay. So they're yeah. missing an entire starting unit is what you're saying. They're, Yes, basically they're 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 missing six uh, starters that you just you would you would just put in like just like that, and the the only superstar on the field is Raúl Ruiz Diaz, who did get on the score sheet, but only in the ninety fourth minute to seal the victory. Okay, this this was uh, this was all about all of the non superstars. Um, this was about Alex Roldan, who was cut from the Sounders two years ago, and instead has made himself into a uh, into a, a starter and and someone who who might actually go like to the All Star game. He's having that good of a season. Well, Amy's a national team member, not U.S. national team, right? But right. Costa Rica. He's going to go play for El Salvador here. Or El in a Salvador. Of weeks. That's it. His brother's going to play for the U.S. Um, and. I mean, the Sounders, you know, a lot of people don't like Brian Schmetzer. They, they, they don't think he's a good coach because he's not 
going to talk about deep tactics and strategy and this newfangled formation and how smart he is. He always just says it's on the players. We've built a good culture. It's all the credits to them. If something goes wrong, he's like, I made a mistake. And it's not glamorous. It's not sexy. It's not controversial like Lou Pinella. It's not cool like Pete Carroll. You know, it's just, you know, championships and, and the, you know, the equivalent of penance. So, Matt, please save me because I was going to make a joke about abductor injury and Bill Cosby. So let's, please, yeah, please, please save me from that, yeah. that path. <laughs> um, no, so I, I was going to, I was going to ask, like, who, who should we be afraid of? Like, I'm looking ahead on the schedule here and I'm not, you know, I mean, I guess Kansas City is probably really our, our, our only real rival, right? I mean, Kansas I guess LA City. is still there, but. Yeah. So Kansas City and LA are both very good this season. And yeah. to say that, you know, we shouldn't be concerned. We we absolutely should be concerned. Both of those are very good teams that are playing really well. Here's the thing, though. Both of those teams have played a much easier strength of schedule than the Sounders have. We haven't played the bottom of the conference yet. They all have. Okay. Um, also, their defense is extremely suspect. Both of those teams, just, they're just, they're not, they're not the good defensive teams they were a few years ago. Uh, their, their central defense and their, and their um, outside backs are just not good. They don't have good defensive midfielders. Um, they're both really good at offense. Um, Kansas City has a, a pretty good goal differential. I think it's like plus uh, eight. Which is which is pretty good at this point in the season. The Sounders have uh, like a plus fifteen at this point, so twice as many goals scored as given up compared to Kansas City and uh, Los Angeles Galaxy. They're even, seventeen for and seventeen against. You're not gonna stay up there where where LA is. They're way overperforming their, um, you know, just what they're what they're scoring versus what they're giving up. You you can't. You, that's unsustainable. You're going to end up more in the middle of the pack with that kind of a, a yeah. kind of a a goal scoring record. So um, yeah. So Rich, I had the game up, uh, you know, in the corner of my screen, you know, just doing some other stuff as I'm watching on Wednesday, and um, some blonde guy, some bleach blonde guy named Kellen Rowe. Never heard of this guy. Scores a goal. Who is Kellen yep. Rowe? Kellen <laughs> Rowe? Kellen Rowe represents the 253, you, you yokel. <laughs> he, he is a Federal Bay, Federal Way oh. boy okay. who missed being a Sounders Academy product by like a year and a half. Because um, the Sounders didn't get the franchise. Uh, instead, it went to RSL, to, to Salt Lake. And so um, they, he couldn't be joined into the Academy. He's been with New England Revolution on a dismal, dismal organization for a long time, for like the last six, seven years. And as a free agent, free agency started, he's waiting for the Sounders to contact him. They're not contacting him because he's a really quality player. And he finally reaches out to them and says, look, I want to be in Seattle. I will give you a hometown discount. Pay me the veteran minimum. I want to come home. I want to play in front of the Sounders fans. I want to play for a good team. <laughs> yeah. And so what Kellen Rowe is going to be indispensable. He's not going to be the most, imp most valuable player. He's not going to be 
um, the best player. What he is going to be is he's going to be like Brad Evans was um, in the early Sounders day where he is going to be plug and play. Where do you need him? Left back? Check. He'll go play left back. Right back? Yep. Central midfield, attacking midfield, defensive midfield, doesn't matter. He's going to go and he's going to fill in where he needs to. Just, just so you know, he has played all three of the midfield positions, the attacking role, the defensive holding role, and the kind of both do both roles. And he's played right back. And it would not surprise me if he ends up playing left back before the season is out. How he come I, how come I never, extremely has, has he even played this year? Because I never heard of this guy. He has played, I think, every game except for one. No. Uh, he dyed his hair two like games. two weeks ago. It looks horrible. He has not played opinion. every game. But but he, he normally has dark hair. So, but, but yeah, he's been on the field. He's played 13, yeah, all, every game. Yeah. Starter? Um. Either, nine start. Let's say I think he started like eight, eight or nine games. Yeah, it's nine, nine here. I'm looking at the. I got the stats. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't. He doesn't flash compared to Newhoo or something. Abe, are I, you are you looking at the stats or are you actually watching the, the game? He's I, been on the field I'm for 790 minutes. How did you not see him? <laughs> because I usually have. I don't have the audio on for games. Okay. Ah, okay. I have it up in a window over here on my monitor. Uh, I say same with the Mariners. I mean, like, honestly, yeah. like half the time it's, it's just a window that's up over here. And I, you know, glance over, you know, in between emails, you know, that kind of thing. Um, well, I, I, I have to I just, just one thing you were giving yourself a major disservice to not listen to the Sounders broadcast, even though Keith Costigan's a former Timbers player <laughs> and um, very, very snooty in some ways. Um, that broadcast team uh, has won Emmys, and it is one of the three best like local broadcasts in in Major League Soccer. Uh, the other the other top notch one is uh, the Real Salt Lake one, which has also won a bunch of Emmys. Um, and then there's a, another one on the East Coast. I can't remember well, who it is, but um, you're you're and, not and trust gonna... me, when I when I watch these games on MLS Live, I'm listening to all these other these other broadcast crews. So I get to hear them all and they're all pretty horrible. I, I'm going to, uh, you're not going to like the sound of this. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. Okay. The channel, the sounders have an incredibly pathetic TV deal. They're mm-hmm. on a channel called uh, Joe TV. Yep. Uh, and if they're on Joe TV, I have to find a stream somewhere because they don't have an internet broadcast. Uh, um, Amazon prime, my friend, Amazon prime. They are not on every Amazon prime, not every game, not every game's on there, dude. Really? They, you really yeah, they're supposed to, they're supposed to all the, all the local broadcasts are supposed to be on Amazon prime. I, I will check again, but I, I, I've not Trust seen, me, I've, I've tried to use my VPN to, to, to get it. I can't, uh, Amazon's too smart. <laughs> Amazon. Yeah. But you have MLS TV, don't you? Yeah, but it's it's ninety nine percent of the time. Okay, like so far this this season, I've gotten one of the Sounders broadcasts, and the rest of them all been like the other teams' broadcasts. Oh, you want the home crew? Okay. And, oh, okay. I'd much yeah. rather listen to the home crew. Yeah. So I I just want to take a moment and and just enjoy the fact that Portland is four and six and in ninth <laughs> in, the, in the in the division. Uh, yeah. I just 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 had to throw that out there. I I'm really enjoying that. They're they're also ravaged by injuries, but they have not been able to recover. They have not built um, 
the culture, if you will, the next man up culture that Seattle's has built. And they well, do they not suck. have. Huh? They suck. So they suck. Yeah, they do suck. Well, they're old. The they're old, thing. right? Their best guys are really, really old. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the other thing I want to, I want to mention the, the Sounders this season have done something new. They've added young players into really meaningful minutes. Okay. Other than like the one-off of like Deandre Yedlin, um, in like 2013, 2014, right? And, and Jordan Morris, uh, the last few years, we really have not had consistent starters that have been young players. I guess Christian rolled on is kind of the other exception there, but th- there's been more exceptions than, than the rule. This year, we've seen the rise of Danny Leva, Josh Atencio. Hang, hang on, let's, let's uh, Rich, mm-hmm. you, you brought up Leva. So when you say these names, can you give us ages? Or sure, sure. Appro- approximate Danny ages. Leva, I believe is uh, 17, 18 years old. 18? Okay. 18. Josh Atencio is 19. And then I think we have a 20 year old AB Sissoko. I don't know what the AB stands for. I can't pronounce it properly, but he's a starting center back now. He's taken over for Nuhu. Uh, he's f- uh, French, I believe. And um, he was a star for the Tacoma Defiance for a couple last couple of years. So these guys have basically come in. Oh, you, there's one more, isn't there? Uh, Dobelary? Uh, Dobelary has played Double sparingly, A. like as a, as a reserve. And then we have a, um, another one, Reed Baker Whiting, who has possibly the highest ceiling of them all. He's we, 16. Yeah, we talked about him like a month and a half ago. Yeah, he yeah. scored a goal. Um, anyway, they are... They, they are the, the future. And then um, last night, we also signed another guy on a temporary emergency situation. Because if you don't have enough healthy roster players, you can sign people from your farm team, basically on a on a temporary loan contract. It doesn't take up roster spots or make you take them on permanently. Um, and that was Juan Alvarez. And he's also 16. So all of a sudden, we've got these players that are young. And it's not just a case of, hey, the general manager is going to throw all these young players at Brian Schmetzer and force him to play them. Right. It's more like here are these good players. You decide who, who plays, right. I'm giving you, I'm giving you players, but they're finally good enough. Like, you know, it's the whole, like you're old. If you're, if you're good enough, you're old enough kind of a situation. The Sounders finally have youth that can come in and maybe they're not always the starters. Cause none of these guys are going to start when everyone's healthy. Okay. Yeah. But they're all good enough to, to make do. And now of course the whole starting roster gets ravaged. You're, you're kind of screwed anyway. Right. But we're, we got, we're not quite that, that far. Oh, and I have to bring up one other guy, Stefan Cleveland, backup goalkeeper. He looks like he's 18 years old. He's not, I think he's 26, but he has really stepped in for Stefan Fry and has um, played like half the season. He's given up a handful of goals. Um, How is he 27? He looks what? like he's 16. You're right. He does. <laughs> he's so young looking. <laughs> um, anyway, but he has um, really stepped in. And other than a, a bad game against Vancouver uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, he's not as good as Stefan Fry. Like, th- th- there's, that's not, not fair. Stefan Fry is a top three goalkeeper in the league. But he's very, very good. He, he's certainly good enough to be more than a, just like a – uh, you know, pray that your guy doesn't let in a five goals kind of a thing. Like he is, he is much better than that. Yeah. My guess is he will get snagged by another team that needs a starting goalkeeper. What I like um, about the Sounders is, and I wish the Mariners would do this is it seems like the, out of the 30 guys, 
like 10 seem like they're super duper young. 10 are this middle class or, or you know, middle range. And then, you know, the, the remaining third are veterans. Yep. You have a good mix. That's a great balance. Yep. You got a good mix. And that, I think that that's key. And then here's the other thing is the Sounders are mixing in, like you said, you have the, they have a good mix on the roster, but they're, they are actively mixing in the younger players. So like uh, Dobelair, who, who hasn't been great, to be quite honest, he's, he's young. I think he's 17. He just hasn't, hasn't really gotten it. Right. But he got a start a few weeks uh, at the beginning of the season. He's got some spot minutes here and there. Right. But he wasn't, he didn't just get a start with like a whole bunch of other young kids. He got a start with like seven or eight veterans on the field. So like if he was making mistakes, they could correct him. They could coach him on the field on the fly to make sure he's getting the right spots the next time. And I think that that's, that's key. Um, you know, uh, especially in a game where you have chemistry as a thing that needs to be there, um, much more so than in say baseball or, or, or football really. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I think chemistry is important pretty much in any, any team sport to be sure. honest. But like, for example, in football, you're running a set play, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously chemistry is important, but I mean, if you're doing a, if you're doing a, a, a counter tray, you know, that the backside guard and tackle pull and yeah. come over and kick out like that, that's, that's going to happen no matter what it's, it's the the nuance of that partnership. Yeah, I guess, I guess in soccer, yeah, you've got to, you got to have be more dynamic and on the There's, fly and know, trust where you, you, your guys are going to be and know yeah. that, you know, if I go do this, they're going to do that and, and so forth. Um. Abe, did you have any more uh, Sounders questions? Because I wanted to ask about the Euro. No, go for it. So uh, it's England and uh, what? Italy? Italy, and yes. My, my, gut, my, my question to you is, what's so significant about England being there? It seems to be like a huge deal on the uh, on the, on the inner tubes that, that England hasn't won it in a long time or something. So England, so, so going back to international soccer, um, yeah. the World Cup, of course, is the premier tournament. Yeah. for international teams that happens once every four years um it'll happen next year in the dirty dirty country uh with the dirty dirty government of uh cutter um with de facto you, you slave let, you can slave let me ownership. go off on yeah. them yeah, at yeah, some right. point okay and, yeah and, no, we, we we get it no <laughs> okay um but then there's the secondary tournaments and then there's like tertiary tournaments as well so yeah. secondary tournaments are the continental championships and not every continental championship is equal. Um, really, the Copa America in South America is, um, let's say, 1B, and the Euro champion is 1A. What's the and Gold they're, they're, Cup? The Gold Cup being, of course, the North American one. The North American is the Gold Cup, and okay. then there's the, the African uh, right. where, where, where Where's the Gold Cup at? Where is that the like double A? Probably um, single A. Consider the, the worst of the trophies to win. Four. Um, even, <laughs> even the Asian Cup is considered a higher just because of the the, the travel involved. All right. So Gold Cup is short season single A. Um, no, I mean, like, let, let's call it like the Gold Cup is is double A, and um, Copa America and uh, and the Euros are like the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees in their heyday in the mid two thousands. Okay. Okay. All right behemoths super you know like super clubs right all right so about these euros in england um so england has not made a final in a major championship so meaning the euros or the world cup 
since 1966. Yeah, that's quite and, the drought. And England, I mean, is always one of the top 10 at the very worst, probably top five teams as far as pure talent. Okay. The English produce a ton of, of soccer or football talent, as they say. And they've never been able to put it together into any sort of cohesive thing. Um, the closest they've had is they've lost in the semifinals, like in 96 to the Germans. So you call, your college, the Germans in tournaments, you your college got off their German duck and beat the Germans. this time. So your college football equivalent would be the university of Texas. Like you're always throwing guys in the NFL, but you haven't won a championship since the sixties or seventies. Um, it, it would be like Tom Osborne in Nebraska who could never beat Barry Switzer like forever. And then until he finally did. Right. Like okay. that kind of a thing. All right. Well, England, Super England talented, it, just can't win, win the big game. So okay. England has won the big games. And um, I mean, they won a really close game against a team. They should have really clobbered um, kind of backed into it, into this, this championship game. Is that Denmark? Uh, the Italian team has been really fun to watch, uh, but um, I mean, it just depends on how you feel about Italy, I guess. <laughs> but they are, um, uh, you know, the the I think England is going to have most of the ball, but Italy is going to counterattack and poss- quite possibly just rip uh, England's hearts out uh, just because England's not fast on the defensive side. Not at all. Um, but, but but it's England big because has, it's big because it's a marquee team that's mm-hmm. just hasn't won the big one in most people's lifetime. Exactly, and and there's here's the other thing: hosting that the game too. England is pretty much every American's like second team when rooting for international soccer because they speak English. There's that close affiliation. Most like a, a lot of uh, wealthier folks have been to England at least once. They visited. I don't know if that's true. I disagree. My team. I don't is think Iceland. that's true. Okay. I always root for Team Iceland. Okay, good, good for you. Man. And I've been to England. Okay. And I, and I, I root for Team Iceland. I've been to England and I laugh every time they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that you're the exception. I don't think that's um, true. I think more people. I think more people. At least when I go to like parties for a World Cup, they're rooting for Brazil. Or Spain, or Portugal, or Germany. Anyone that roots oh. for Brazil is a cop. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah, here's a the question sauce. though. Uh, so in this in, in the Euro, it's England. So yeah. was, did Wales field a team? Yeah, Wales field, fielded a team. All it's so weird. Scotland. I know it's weird. So like in the Olympics. It's the UK competing, yeah. but in soccer and a few other sports, it's broken down by nations inside the UK. Well, okay. they are, they're kind of different nations. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, there's right, Wales, yeah. there's Scotland, there's Northern Ireland. And has, has there been any question as to whether Catalonia could have their own team compared to the other Spain? Uh, Catalonia cannot, but, but this is like a, a Oh, so tradition. it, so it, okay. no, it, it's, so here's the thing is that, Wales, for example, has its own football association and has had for a hundred years. Oh, okay, gotcha. Scotland is the same is the same way. So, Catalonia has never had its own football association that was its own like quasi independent thing inside of the country of Spain. If they did, 
they might have a leg to stand on. What, but, what do you um, think? What, what do you think about the thoughts of collapsing Celtic and uh, Rangers, the two biggest Scottish teams, into the Premier League? Um, I think that both those teams would get worked over. They would get knocked out of the Premier League within about four or five seasons. They're just not good enough, and it would destroy the Scottish league entirely. You heard it here, folks. Rich does not like the Scottish people Ooh. or their soccer. I, I, I have actually, I'm, I've been a big Rangers fan for a long time. So, and, and, and the fact that the Rangers got to not just win the league, but like win it going away and beat Celtic, I think four out of five matches during the season was actually really, really made my heart sing. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the Scottish teams are the, the two big Scottish teams, Rangers and Celtic are both good enough that they could probably win like MLS and be like the top two teams in MLS. But that's really about it. They're not good uh, compared to the premier league teams, even the bottom, like the, 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 the top end of the champion, the English championship are better than the Scottish teams. Um, they're just not, they just don't have the talent and they don't have the money to bring in the talent. So that's, that, so, it would be a disaster uh, though for the Scottish uh, pyramid because uh, Rangers and Celtic are like the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, but even more so they, they bring in something like 40% of the revenue for the, for the league. Um, back, back to the Euro. Did, did Liechtenstein feel the team? Yes. And did they do any, do they do any good? No. How about, how about Andorra? Uh, they do feel the team and no, they're not any good. How about, uh, how about, about the Lester? Isle of Man? How about the Isle of Man? I actually think the Isle of Man has a team. No way. Yeah. And so does Gibraltar. Mallorca. Gibraltar has a team. Yeah. So just, just one, <laughs> one other Malta? side thing. One reason that the North American um, Confederation, CONCACAF, is, is looked down on is because there's all these minnow teams, right? Think, think of all the, um, the teams in the Greater and Lesser Antilles, basically, who stink. They're not very good. Curacao. Right? Island nations. Yeah. You know, we've got Guiana and Suriname and, you know, et cetera, right? Um, and Antigua, uh, Martinique, Guadalupe, right? Well, Europe has a whole bunch of these minnows too. Um, you know, they've got like you'll you'll go see England go play Andorra and Gibraltar and Santa, uh, what is it, uh, San Marino and Mont Montenegro and Kosovo and, and and such, and just destroy those teams. Yeah, but when uh, I see them just, play like when I see them play like San Marino or something like that, the Azores, I just think they're on vacation. They're not really there seriously. Well, I mean, it's the, it's the same thing, um, <laughs> except that in the North American League, um, the guys in Guadalupe will go and, like, two-cleat you to your chest, and the ref will just, like, wave it off and say, that's not a foul. Well, a couple of years ago, didn't we lose to Trinidad and Tobago? We lost to Trinidad and Tobago, yes. That's not fair. We're playing two countries. I know. It's totally that's, not fair. That's just they're that's... ganging up on us. That's not fair. <laughs> He had 22 players on their team <laughs> on the field at the same time. <laughs> All right. Um, we got a, we got, we got, we got a little bit of time left here. Uh, Rich, we wanted to turn the tables on you uh -oh. and give you a uh -oh. chance to ask us some questions uh, as you're not geographically uh, as close as, as we are uh, to Seattle sports um, and just throw out there to you. Like, you know, is there, 
is there something that you've been trying to figure out the temperature of, you know, be it Sounders, be it Seahawks, be it yeah. Mariners, etc. Um I I do have some 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 things that I'm curious about. So first of all, last night uh the Mariners were on national television. Maybe what? Against yeah, the, Yankees. the Yankees. The Yankees. It was on ESPN. It was last yeah, it was last night, Wednesday night baseball. Turn on the game, Mariners are on and they are getting their heinies blown out 12 to one and i'm as i'm watching this game and i'm looking at the records right like because they always show like the records and, and the yankees are like crappy and my wife's like what's up with the yankees why are they just destroying the mariners yankees are not crappy um they, they have they, <laughs> no, they, they have are a more talented injuries. team than the mariners they're just okay. not having they have a lot of injuries and they don't have any pitching ah starting well, pitching. La- they don't have starting, they had starting pitching. pitching yeah Last night, they, their starter was – he was dealing. Um, yeah. Let, let, me throw, let, me, let me throw this at you, Rich. I mean, like um, a month from now, we're going to be talking about the Yankees pushing, uh, you know, pushing the Red Sox. And uh, uh, I think also the Blue Jays are going to be pushing. And I that's the best division in baseball. So, you know, except for the Orioles who everybody, you know, know West. everybody kicks their brains in. Um NOS is the best is okay. I got a one A and one B for it. Yeah. <laughs> NOS and AL East. Um, uh, the, the Yankees are loaded. They lack the starting pitching. Um, but They're in if fourth you look right at now that, in their own division, but you telling me like, I, I'm just grabbing today's lineup here. Um, DJ LeMahieu, Aaron judge, Gary Sanchez, John Carlos Stanton, like labor Torres. Like, I mean, Brett Gardner is batting eighth, you know, um, good grief. These are, are serious. Yeah. These are good players. Uh, they're offensively head and shoulders above where the, the Mariners are. But, um, yeah, and no, it's just, the, their starting pitching is going to collapse in the playoffs. That, that's all there is to oh, it. Okay. Like that. They, I, was, I was watching, I was watching the Mariners and like, if they make the playoffs as I think uh, they will. I, think I just will. watched like, I don't know, like three innings. Right. So the Mariners went through their lineup once. Um, and I swear, like everyone on the team is hitting like two twenty to like oh, yeah. one eighty. Yep. What the crap? It's your JP Crawford's hitting the highest batting average on the team at two seventy nine. Um, on this show, um, I mean, on this show, we've complained about this constantly. There's a couple different schools of thought. Matt, please jump in when you when you sure. when you can. I uh, one of the schools of thought is this is a team that's a stickler to new analytics where it's hit a home run or nothing else. Because the stats say that's what you should do. Um, I personally think there's really terrible batting instruction in the minor leagues. Matt, do you have anything else? No, I, I, I agree. It's just, it's, it's poor offense. It's really bad. I mean, you shouldn't have Kyle Seager's batting 216 now. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at this, looking at these, these averages, and I'm just like shaking my but head. I mean, it's not just the Mariners, right? It's league wide. Like both, both National and American League are having like batting. There like is, batting averages are down. Batting averages are down across the board. Um, and, and the league um, average is like two, like major league average is like two thirty five or something. It, it is, but you're looking at a Mariners team that's ranked thirty second or thirtieth, thirtieth, thirtieth. Okay, um, in the league. And you're looking at, you know, a team that home runs, they're not hitting as much as everybody else, you know. Uh, so if they're going to play this, 
Sabre game where it's home run or nothing, it's like, well, Jiminy Christmas, you guys aren't even good at that. Like, well, I was going to ask, <laughs> so, like, so again, I'm, I'm a little old school, and I know that um, T-Mobile Park, which sounds so wrong to say after all the yeah. years of Safeco Field, but T-Mobile Park um, is, is, you know, at least for a long time was the, was the like the, a really big park, and especially how it, it's set up, the ball just didn't carry. It was, it was a pitcher's park, and I know there's some renovations to that. Is it still a pitcher's park? Yes, not as it, not as hard as it once was, but it still okay. is. They brought the fences in three times, but it's still not a pitcher. It's, it's well, still not a batter. Layer comes in at night, and and that can deaden the ball as well. And... So why why okay? And this is this is again from from outside. I'm almost a thousand miles away from Seattle. I don't get the you know all the the local media, but why has this front office not built a team customized to the park like they did 20 years ago? I've been asking that question <laughs> myself the entire time. Uh, but the reality is, is that they're just, they're so poor in, in, in terms of hitting it's, it's get and get anyone who can hit at this point. It doesn't matter what style because half your games are not going to be at home. So Right. You know, you, I mean, you still, that's 80 games that are going to be away. So, you know, you, you just take the best hitters you can get at this point. I mean, they're just such, the, the team's been so bad for so long. It's, it's, it's all hands on deck of whatever you can get. Throw, throw right, everything right. against the wall, see what sticks, but, you know. But for, for example, maybe having right-handed pull hitters is not the best thing if they're going to be going against the marine layer and the wind blowing in from yeah. left field, right? Agreed. But if that's so, all you have, then that's okay. all you have. Okay. But my, my point is, is also like, I get the sabermetric game, but isn't part of the sabermetric game, as it were, like the, the whole money ball thing, drawing walks? This team is horrible at drawing yeah. walks. No, they are. They're bad. Yeah. I was looking at the on-base percentages. Oh, yeah. I think, okay, maybe they're they're when they hit the ball, they knock the stuffing out of it, but they're walking a ton. Because I mean, I remember a few seasons where like guys would have 400 on-base percentages, but only hit like 240, right? So basically, they were hitting home runs, or they were oh. walking. That's the exception to that is yeah, like Jake Fraley right now is batting 238, but he's got a OBP of 409. So he's he and he is walking. I've been I've been watching him. But okay, so like one guy on the whole team guy, can actually draw a walk? Pretty much um, at the moment, yes. <laughs> Other than Ty France can do it too. He's been the problem with Ty France is he keeps getting he keeps getting beamed and it keeps happening on the same like on his wrist and it's been tapping oh. his his contact his whole the whole yeah. Year. Okay, well you know what I'm gonna push back on that. He's not getting beamed. The dude does not jump out of the way of the damn ball. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a Fernando Vina. He's doing a coach from Cheers thing going on here. Yeah. Fernando Vina. Who's the guy that like there was another guy that like always got bean. I'm trying to think who it was. Um no, it's 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 frustrating to watch. There, I mean, you know, you were mentioning in, in soccer the, the points four points against thing and 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 the Mariners, I mean the Mariners are unsustainable as well. Um, you know, looking at their point their huh, <laughs> runs scored 361, runs allowed 411. Um, Ooh, so, so there like, are 50, yeah. 50 run difference. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, that's, that's pretty terrible. And that, I mean, you know, they're above 500, but that obviously isn't sustainable. Um, Abe asked us at the last podcast, if, if they were going to make them make the playoffs on both myself and soul man immediately said, Nope. Okay. 
And he, I think he was looking for more of a debate about it, but we were just. <laughs> well, I we thought somebody, <laughs> I thought somebody out of you know just you know general spirit of, of a podcast might take the contrary position, and it turned out to be me, and uh-huh. I'm the one that constantly is crapping on this team. <laughs> are, um, I mean, like, are the are is the team gonna like splurge and go be buyers and get bring in a bunch of talent here? They say they are. They, they say they are. I. I Matt, you say that, but I, I no, I no, I, I, I'm a hundred percent skeptical. Yeah, I'm me saying too. They say too. they are going to. That's all I'm saying is that if you ask them, they say yes, they are. I mean, like, They're when was the happens. last? When was the last time the, the Mariners actually like were buyers at the trade deadline for someone of actual significance? Like, I'm thinking like Vince Coleman in 1995. No, they, they, they've done it. The The problem in the last 20 years is they spend their money on just stupid garbage. Um, and you know, you know, we, you, <laughs> they get fleeced. They, they've been fleeced out of like draft picks, you know, with dumb decisions. And I don't, I don't really want to go through all 20 years of this garbage, but I mean like, Oh man, it, it's, it's, you know, it's just constant and you want to talk dumb moves. You can talk draft picks. You want to talk about Greg Colburn. Remember him? Colburn. Yeah. Yeah. Colburn. Yep. All right. Yeah. Bill Lavasi at the time, who was the GM could have waited three days to sign Greg Colburn, Colburn, whatever. He, he, he even his last name. even could, think could about have waited three days and not lost a draft pick. He didn't wait the three days. That's right. I forgot about that. And think about it even more recently. We lost a first round draft pick. For Greg, even think about recently bench player, Chris Taylor of now the Dodgers. Oh yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, kettle Marte of the diamond box. Well, those teams fixed them. We I guess so. Our, our, Maybe our that's what it is suck. because I feel like we got fleeced out of those guys too. Uh, Chris yeah, Taylor I mean, wasn't doing much for us. He needed to be fixed. And we took a flyer on another, on a, on a pitcher that needed a change of scenery and it didn't work out. Um, Marte, we traded. Yeah, no, we got rid of Taiwan Walker and Marte for Hanniger, which isn't terrible. Yeah, we got and we got um, it's not terrible. We got, we got someone else, but they were basically shuffling the the chairs on the yeah, Titanic. Shuffling the chairs. So I mean, we got like, someone else too in that deal, didn't we? Yeah. So I anyway, know. I don't want to go through the blow by blow here, but let me let me ask this. I'm going to change gears actually to uh, a different team in the in the in the, for Seattle sports. A brand new team, the Kraken. Kraken. Kraken have uh, the NHL draft in 12 days. Yep. How you folk, How you feeling about that? Are you guys going to watch? The draft? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talking about the expansion draft or like the actual draft draft? I think it's the expansion draft. Oh, I probably won't watch the expansion draft because I have no idea who anybody is. But the actual okay. draft draft I'll watch. We have the um, number two pick say, overall in the draft. Okay, so here's here's another thing. They they start. They, I thought they started playing October. Actually, the season. Don't know if you guys know this. The season starts September the eighth. Preseason, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you think that's going to get swallowed up by all the other sports? Because we're going to have Seahawks, Huskies, Cougars. Playoff push by the Sounders and in like a pipe dream world, the Mariners. The pennant run by the Mariners, yes. Yes. What? 
Wait, there's a pennant run by the Mariners? When? Uh, 2040, 2049, or... in, yes. In, okay. When, when Doctor Strange like looks into the future and sees one possible outcome. <laughs> that one outcome that could possibly happen. <laughs> Out of like 30 million? Anyway. Um, um, no, I think there's a shininess and a newness to the Kraken. Um, I do warn people, and they don't want me to say this, but I do warn them the reason why the Sounders are sustainable and awesome and people go watch them still and people talk about them is because it was done right. If the Sounders had lost like five straight seasons in a row, I don't know if you're talking about this on this podcast. Right. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you want to, you want to build a good foundation. And so you got to be careful with that expansion draft. You don't want to, you don't want to go all in on, Hey, let's get all the pricey veterans and, and, and go all in like what was uh, was it Vegas that the last expansion team that immediately was amazing. Yeah. Don't what necessarily I... follow them, uh, you know, in, in terms of, of path, you know, build a sustainable, you know, from the ground up team Wait, here. Here's well, no, I disagree with that. I think the Sounders did it right because what they did is they went and got a young guy, you know, uh, Freddie Montero that, you know, all the kids could like, be build hip around. to and like, yeah, build around. And then you got like a, uh, uh, the goalie, um, Casey Keller, Casey Keller. So you get like a name that people have heard of. You get a coach that has had a, you know, Siggy Schmidt that has won championships in the past. And then you get like, yeah, you get the young guy, you get the old guy, you get some guys in the middle. Um, I um, think it needs to be I mean, a balanced roster. Freddie, uh, Youngberg. Right, Lewenberg, yeah, Lewenberg, who played for what Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal yeah, and um, I mean, that, but that you also got was, Osvaldo Alonso when he was young, right. so when he was young, people Brad could follow Evans his career. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, but I, I get worried. But so I get worried. Another question. Hang, hang on, I just want to talk about the Kraken. I just sure. want to say, like, I don't know if you guys know who Ron Francis is. Um, considered probably yeah. the you know. Well, not considered. He's the number two goal scorer or no goals plus assists combined, whatever that is in the history of NHL. Mm-hmm. He's never won as a GM. His four years at Carolina, no playoff appearances. So I, that's something to think about the coach that they got. I forget his name right now. Um, was run out of town in Philadelphia because he was a college coach. And but it, but he took them to the playoffs like two out of the three full seasons he was there. He, he was run out in his there's, third there's year. Some, he, yeah, he's he's Phil- a kind of okay. a controversial guy. Being run there. out of town from a Philadelphia perspective it's, as a might be a, town yeah. is is like a badge of honor. Yeah, it might it might be a you know quill in his hat kind that's of. You know, true. I mean, they did. That's that's a good thing. They did know? throw snowballs I mean, at Santa I'll Claus. I'll just give, I'll just give an example. Chip Kelly came in and played the most electric and fun football in the NFL in Philadelphia a few years back for one year. He was run out of town. Not allowed to say that he did it for one year. You're not allowed to say that. I I didn't say he was successful. He was successful for one year, but even the the years that he was unsuccessful. Two years of his three, by the way. Well, you know what the real, the cause of that was, I I know where you're going with that. The real cause of that was he couldn't figure out the quarterback that he really needed was Nick Foles. And not yeah. the not the other guy. Like, well, he, he also was 
he ran the he wrong. Also trying to be the GM and the coach, which doesn't that's a work disaster for only the with Belichick. The other problem is Philadelphia as a sports town is the most Sucks. insufferable sports town in <laughs> yeah, the universe. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. You could go fourteen and two um, in the NFL, and they'd they'd be criticizing you for not you know winning by. Why didn't you go fifteen and one? Enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Philadelphia is the most insufferable sports town. Their their media is horrible. Their fans, you know, they booed Santa Claus, right? I mean, like they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. They threw snowballs and batteries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like it's yeah. using Philadelphia as a measuring stick is, I think, is a poor thing. You know, like um, yeah. So I mean, I <laughs> I understand what you're saying though, Abe. You're a little bit sanguine about. Um, about uh, the, the the potential for success is what you're getting at. I'm saying that so far the foundation isn't the same foundation that we okay. saw with Hanhauser, Hanauer, sorry, yeah. Hanauer and um, uh, Siggy Schmidt. Siggy Schmidt, thank you. Yeah. What? Let, let me ask this: Who who's the boss of the GM? Is it the owner, or is there like a president or something? Sure. The Kraken. And most know? there's usually a, most, yeah, there's usually yeah. a president above the GM. So does the president know what they're doing? Like are they a proven winner and they they no pick idea. their guys or I have no idea who the president is. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's the other one. The practice facility is going to be at Northgate, is this right? Yeah, they bulldozed the uh the oh, old yeah. shopping mall. So Rich, when you were growing up here and mm-hmm. you would you you would go to the, the cinema and watch, you know, uh Independence Day, and yeah. then you'd go to Red Robin and get yourself a decently priced burger. Yeah, and then you'd go to the arcade and play, you know, Mortal Kombat. Uh, th- those days are done. You do not get to relive your youth. Instead, you will go watch hockey. <laughs> well, is the is the practice facility built? Is it available? It's under construction. It's Still? Mostly done. Is it mostly done? Okay. I think it's mostly done. Is it mostly okay, done? Okay. Good. Well, it better be done because they're about to they're about to start using it. Yeah, there I think I think I think it's I think it's just about done. All right. Well, I I have a, a couple more questions. Oh, we actually again. can we yeah. need to probably save those for next week. Do we, um, okay. Do we have time for one trivia question? One trivia question. Oh. Let's do it. Okay. Without checking the interwebs, which University of Washington Huskies head coach is, has been the most successful in college football? Gil Doby. Oh, yeah, are, yeah, are you yes. waiting for my answer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which, wait, which coach of the Huskies? Yeah, historically, which, which is the most successful? Uh, University of Huskies, uh, who had the who had the best college coaching career? To what sport? Any sport? Uh, in, in in football. In football. Sorry. Oh, in football. Just, just football. Just football. Um, I'm not trying to be t- overly tricky, though. This yeah, is, I, I I have I don't, I don't know I don't know Husky. Coaches. Just pick just pick uh, one coach you've heard of. Uh, then I will I will say Chris Peterson because I like him. He was awesome. Okay, that's a, that's a that's those are both good choices. Um, this was this he was, was a little bit of a. A thing for me, uh, I was just looking at the at the Husky head coaches um, over the last, uh, you know, whenever I was um, thinking about Jimmy Lake. Is he going to be any good? You know, we had like what four games last year, um, and I was looking at Don James and his winning percentage. And as I'm scrolling the names, I find a really surprising name. I had no idea. 
Daryl Royal. Was University of Texas head coach. He and did coach at UW Texas before. 20 years, but he had a 10-month stay in Seattle coaching yep. the Huskies. Uh, I believe three championships with the Texas Longhorns, right? Yep. Something so like I, that. As much as I love Don James and I think that he was outstanding, I, 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 I'm just going to say that Wait, Daryl Royal had the best career. Better than was Gil. It, better than a, uh, better than Gil Doby from uh, with three undefeated seasons. Was it a well? His, yeah, his staying, probably. his staying, and you said it was a ten month stint. Was it like the Mike Price Alabama situation, or what? <laughs> did he actually coach no, a season? No, he actually coached the game. He actually okay, coached the game. All right. <laughs> all right. Like he 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 did coach for the season, but he apparently was not a good fit and whatnot. But um, I'll, I'll I'll say this that he he took Texas to a whole new level. Like Texas is Texas because of Daryl Royal. He he basically did with Texas. Oh, so he's what, to blame. Okay. Yeah. What Mike Shashevsky did with Duke, <laughs> right? Like right. Texas was like obviously a named school and whatnot, but Oklahoma had like dominated that conference for a long, long time, um, and and Texas just like the Southwestern Conference was kind of a joke. And they they really raised the raised the level there, um, and he was an offensive innovator. He was he's he's the reason we know the what full T offense is. The, uh, well, he did the full T, well, which and and that that evolved into the that which became the wishbone. Later. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. all right, all right, let's do some shout outs here. We're at the end of the show. Uh, Rich, do you have any shout outs? Yes, I am going to give a shout out to one Kellen Rowe, hometown hero. <laughs> Playing for the team he wanted to play for the entire time, scoring the game-winning goal, the first goal uh, yesterday, on an assist from Alex Roldan. And uh, in spite of his blonde locks that are horribly dyed, um, it was not he good. does have the most awesome uh, Seattle tattoo on his arm. So uh, check that out, and uh, go Sounders. Matthew Page, any shots out for you? Uh, as usual, I don't really have one lined up, but I'll, so I'll do the, the usual shout out to the uh, Aqua Sauce. Keep watching them; they're fun to watch. Uh, and uh, watch them now because Depoto might have ideas and decide to trade half of our prospects tomorrow. Who knows? Coming up on the trade deadline. But uh, Everett Aqua Sauce, check them out. Uh, you can see Seattle Sports Union writers in the programs, and uh, and check us out at sport, SeattleSportsUnion.com. I'm going to do my shout out to uh, Brian, the soul man, Solak, who is out there in the islands, having a vacation with his lovely wife. And without Brian, the soul man, Solak, we did not get one. Oh, come on. You know, through the entire episode. So I do miss that. Uh, uh, so thank you everybody for joining us this week with uh, Matthew page with Richard, the Ram Michelson on this week's episode of the CL sports team podcast. Check us out online at www.seattlesportsunion.com as well. Check out our Twitter page at Seattle Sports U and like us on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week.